night <laughs> I <laughs> celebrate my love for absolutely nothing because I've had it and I want to kill somebody, but I won't because Elliot Stabler comes back on Thursday. Elliot Stabler does come back on Thursday. Mike, so you have to stay around for them. You don't want to be watching it from Rikers Island. I have a feeling no, no, you, no. Don't, you don't get no. to control the television. I think th- <laughs> I think they will take me to the Brooklyn House's attention. I'm kind of <laughs> hoping for that. Ay, Dios mío. I just want to um, say I just want to say one thing to mm-hmm. everybody. We are doomed as a society and a culture. That's all I want to say. We're doomed. Damned. This is why I feel like we're doomed to have two quick things. I'm not going to make this a somber moment. but I'll introduce the show, and then we'll tell you why we're doomed. <laughs> okay. Hey, welcome back. I'm going to let you finish, Court, namely, blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 So. <laughs> He's so black. I'm so white. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just say, I saw, you know. <laughs> Nothing good ever comes when you start, can I just say, and then you breathe. (laughs) I always try to think that people are inherently good. Now you say this every week. You don't believe that. You wouldn't have to convince yourself. Because (laughs) I just, you know, I've been really not watching the news. I'm just like, I just need to focus away from the news. But I just saw two things that really disturbed me. I saw... A man of color attacking an Asian woman in Hell's Kitchen in front of some kind of a building, I'm assuming it's an apartment building, where there were two big men standing inside just watching. And as this man is beating this woman, knocks her to the ground, kicking her in the head, when he walks away, the big security guard just walks over to the front of the building and doesn't even help. He just closes the door. Okay, Nick. <laughs> no, hold on. I just want to say, and then when you see the footage of that, and that is a man of color, I'm like, you know, we're at the start of this George Floyd trial. We're seeing bills go across the country where they're really trying to suppress voting rights for people of color. And this is what we're fucking doing? This, this is what we're doing? Then I see a man beating the shit out of an Asian man on the packed train. They're putting him in the sleeper hold, and I could see a bunch of men in the car, and no one helps. No I, I think the moral of this story is men are scum. Moving on. I mean, <laughs> no. There it is. Well, I, 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 to me, it's not as simple as that, because now I, I think the divide and conquer shit has really um, kind of, that poison is taken hold. You know, it's like you get minorities fighting each other, working class people fighting each other, and then you've got this 1% thriving. And I'm really, I don't know, Amy, I want to think people are inherently good, but okay. I'm really starting to feel like yeah, I'm, I, I just don't know anymore. Well, thinking of inherent, speaking of inherently good, how about that little Nas X sucking up to Satan? Literally. <laughs> Uh, that's kind of a really shitty segue, but okay. I know. <laughs> I mean, I mean I that's know. how you're answering the statement that I put to you, little. Well, Nas I mean, I don't know. Statement. I don't. I, I think no. Do you I think mean, people are inherently good? Am I crazy? Am I living in this fantasy world where I think 
that people are inherently good. I don't, I honestly, I don't know. I'll be very honest with you. But um, I think there's always been bad people. I think people are inherently good. Yes. You do. Yeah, I mean, but I base that on absolutely nothing but of the <laughs> fact that I no, I base it on right. the fact that I know inherently good people, good people. But I, right. but I think that people have a propensity for bad and for evil, and they are easily persuaded. And this gets back to the fact that I think people are inherently fucking stupid. That's what I think they are. There's a lot of that too. And speaking of inherently, well, uh, if you like archangels, Satan. Uh, Satan, pole Satan. dancing, bulges, cross licking. Wicks, wigs. <laughs> Unbelievable. Wigs. Wigs a popping. Male nudity. Like, what? Like, what, I uh, mean, there's just there's so a much. Lot. There's <laughs> so, so much. So much. References to art films. Just <laughs> um, like, uh, if, if you want. Everything. I mean, it's just so much. (laughs) If you only in your jam-packed multitasking day only have three, thank God he makes short songs. I'll give him Mm -hmm. that. If you only have three and a half minutes to get every fucking psychological, sexual, spiritual, cultural, gender reference known to mankind, then, ladies and gentlemen, the new Montero, <laughs> call me by call me by your name. Uh, well, let me just well, oh uh, God, let me just say that. Say, say it, say it, say it, say, 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 <laughs> say, say, only, say. Okay, now here's 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 going to be the thing that might some might find uh, quite shocking, <laughs> but. I'm not laughing at you. I'm just <laughs> laughing because I'm, I, I don't actually, even. No, I even laugh at me with this because I really am not a person. I don't really. I think that art. I think you should go everywhere with your art, and I think you have the right to go everywhere with your art. Right. My, you know, years ago in the Catholic school, have kind of put a little bit of that thing in me where I don't really fuck with the devil stuff that much. <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. It's I'm an not, understandable it's know. an understandable <laughs> fallback position, seeing as how your entire religious upbringing was shaped by, you will go to hell. <laughs> you know like, and burn in it eternally. And burn in it. I mean, now, understandable. But Happy I, Holy Week, by the way. Happy yeah, Holy Week, everybody. And, and then there's that. <laughs> It's like, what's happening? Um, perfect timing for perfect timing what, for the video, by the way. Holy Week. Yeah. He released it on Holy Week. He's what so I love, Yes. What I love about it is, in his statement is, it's like, these yeah. are all of the things that you guys have been putting in my head since I was a young teenager that I should hate myself. I'm going to go right. to hell. All, all of the things that you want us to feel about ourselves, I'm taking that and throwing it at you. So for the art of it, yeah. bravo. Yeah. I watched it once. I don't need to watch it again because I don't really do satanic stuff, even even in a playful way. But I get it. Yeah. I understand why he did it. Yeah. Bravo for having the balls to be a young. Because listen, we like having young white queer outspoken artists, especially the young ones. We've been having that for a long time. But this yeah. is the first one. We have like all the other boys, like Tyler the Creator, and what's this other one? Maybe the kid from the internet. But it's always like. You know, I'm bisexual. I'm this. It's always like this weird line. I'm thing. gender fluid. Right. I'm gender all fluid. Of these You've got, this is the first time we have this kid who's just straight up like, here is the black queerness, t- 
times 10. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? Black I love queerness it. and mainstream. See, I mean, there right. has been like Big Frida and Katie Red and stuff like yeah. that. But this is a former number one top selling single of the fucking year guy. So this is right. like put out kids books. Everybody loves him. He's adorable. Yeah, I mean, I watched the video twice, Courtney, because that's how dedicated I am. Because the first time I was like, what am I watching? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean that in a bad way. No, I'm just it's like, just a lot to take no, there's a lot. again. There's yeah, a lot. There's a lot. This video was made for the avid edit um ADD generation because I'm like oh my god he's in a, a Marie Antoinette wig oh my god right. there's three people in Marie Antoinette right. wig oh my god he's pole dancing oh my god is that really his body oh my god right. he's 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 basically twerking on Satan oh my god he kills Satan what's happening okay so yes I too admire him for that here's my problem with it I mean color me crazy Courtney mm -hmm. the song sucks it's like I don't even remember the song. What's going on in the song? But, I, I, I've been speaking to a lot of people who love the song. Yeah, but I don't get, I mean, it's all over the place. But here's the thing. He has never been, he is not, at this point, he is a provocateur. He is a marketing genius or whoever is helping him market. And considering the fact that he has gotten as far as he has on the strength, basically, of one song. He is still yeah. riding little, the Old Town Road, you know. Well, so, not, not after this. this, is, this no, this is, it. this is it. This is it, yeah. He just lost his invitation to the Kids' Choice Awards. That's yeah. Except, not, who knows, right? Because the song is number one everywhere. It's number one on Spotify, number one on right. YouTube, number one on, no. on, 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 on iTunes. He's like, yeah, it's, I already have, at, it's already yeah. at, I believe, 40, I looked this morning, four days in, 42 million views. Well, because you have to watch it several times. They like go, what the fuck? And, <laughs> and the thing is, even the people who hate it, who are screaming, are all watching it because you got to watch it because they want to talk about it. So, right. And the thing is, the, the smartest people in the whole situation has been Columbia Records because. Oh my God, genius. They just put it out. Let every, he made his one statement about it. Let everybody else talk about it. They're just stay out of it and count up the coins from all of these streaming dollars. Yeah, I know. Listening and watching it, just sit back very quietly and go, cha -ching, cha -ching. well, I will say that I have seen um, people, you know, who are friends of mine, industry people, whatever. And I, I, I say this with no disrespect to people's religion. And I do mm -hmm. understand that traditionally the black church is more conservative, yeah. um, apples to apples. And I have seen people being very, very offended by this. But what someone had said is, you should be as offended by the fact that he has to do this, that he right. has to, as a young queer man, be this fucking in your face. And so if it instigates a com as a piece of art, it's like, all right, I got it. You're throwing everything at the wall. We got it. It's shock value. I got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. But as a, as a political and cultural statement, who would have ever thought the kid who did oh, Old right. Town Road would be suddenly like, a fucking in-your-face gay activist. And for that, yeah. I applaud him. Absolutely. For that, I applaud Baby, him. Baby, come in there, not even with matches, just blow torches. Oh, my God. I like, just wish that the song was That is the new meaning we're here, we're queer, get used to it. Oh, my God. Listen, this, this, yeah. the, the video alone, people will like the song because they will watch the video enough and enough and what he's saying. It will, it, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, listen, if the music's not for us, you know what I mean? This, no, this no, no. Young people, and this is that that it's along that vibe of shit that they love and they're listening to. So it's not even 
meant for our ears to even listen Which to. Which are they, honestly, is a, is a, I mean, because everybody across the board loved Old Town Road because it appealed to people on different yeah. kind of, I mean, all, all. Yeah, but that so, also had that novelty song. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. You can't even predict that and that becoming that kind of a thing, right. you know. But I don't know whether musically, age-wise, this is, it, it's not playing into any of the current trends in hip-hop. So I don't know whether. No, he, but it does, for, for, for these young kids and the sound that they're listening listening to it Is works it? it works for them and his fans and those young queer kids they love him and they love this right. i'm speaking to two of my friends over the weekend and i was like i don't know if i love the song and they were both like i really love the song so yeah, you know, it's I'm, one of those taste things you either love no it no no not. i'm just saying that the average hip-hop fan uh, you know i'm just saying i can't imagine like the high school kids that i work with going wow you know this yeah, but like, he wasn't one of their guys anyway. Yes, like, he, yeah, he old, was. Old Town, no. Old Town Road was that kind of a song. That didn't make him one of those guys. That old, Like, that's just one of those songs that you can't predict that it's going to happen like that. You know right. what I mean? It's like you just can't predict it. It's like it, the explosion mm-hmm. happened. And really what helped was the fact that the story of it, charting on country then country booting it out and so everybody got behind because it's like well right. why are you kicking the black boy up the country chart when the song is being played there so he that the and then remember then next thing you know there was 500 million remixes no 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 all i'm saying is that i i heard people singing that song uh, you know humming yeah. and singing and coming right. out of radio I, I what i'm saying is on a strictly musical the trends in hip-hop thing he is not He's never going to be a drill artist, obviously. He's no, never but I feel like what you're saying is not correct. Because if you hear some of this young opinion, new, if you're hearing some of this young new hip hop, it sounds just like what he's doing on this okay. record. It, all right. it does. You know, there's all, all right. these, there's all these young artists that, like, man, there's so many. Like, I, I speak to my nephews and my god kids, and they fucking they, they tell me all of this shit. And these people that I've never even heard of, and they play me the records, and they all sound like the same person. Okay. All right, I, yeah. <laughs> it's the YouTube artist. It's the shit that we don't know, Amy. Because well, I it do. I actually cross shit. I, I no, I know what you're saying. I'm just saying that for me, it's not like a great song musically, and it's lyrically kind of like whatever. But he's made his impact. He's done what he needs to do. Absolutely. For the he has altered the conversation, and at its heart, pop music. Pop culture, and I'm not saying that in terms of pop music, the genre, popular culture, pop music, youth culture. Part of its job is to shake shit up, and he oh, has done that. Oh, shake the fucking ground, man. And he has done that in an era where, so if if there's a lesson we can learn about this, people don't freak out when they see your every part of your body pierced. People don't freak out if you have tattoos. People don't freak out if you're a bigamist or if you're any kind of whatever. People will freak out. When you play with the devil, and it's good yeah. to know that that's mm-hmm. still, mm-hmm. except for the Jews and the Buddhists and everybody else, we don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's like play with the devil, baby. Do whatever the fuck you want to do. Mm-hmm. But the but, thing that's funny is with those people being upset. I'm like, well, that's what y'all keep saying to us. You're right. burning in hell. So he gave you a visual picture of all of the shit that you guys say, right. and you're yeah. like, how dare you? <laughs> right? No, I know. It's the pearl clutching. It's a right. never-ending I pearl love clutching. It. Don't you love it? It's so I love the never-ending pearl. Well, what speak- did you say? You What did you say? You said this made WAP look like what? Oh yeah, it made WAP look like you know kids' bop. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. When we just thought that, well, nothing's going to top that but your nastiness. Oh. Oh. The devil. Yeah. Wait, wait. The devil in S&M gear? Oh, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot. To quote from the great Courtney M. Anderson, it's a whole situation. It's a whole motherfucking situation. It's a whole fucking situation. Um. All right. So in keeping with our cross-marketing it really doesn't matter about the music. It matters about the coin and the exploitation. So let's just, we'll talk a little bit about the devil's shoe, or as I like to call it, who will save your soul, S-O-L-E. See what I did there? See what well, I did there? I will say this. When I first saw the picture of him and the shoe, I thought Nike had lost it. I was like, did Nike do a shoe no, that is a limited edition of six, 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 six did, and have human blood in it? No, they did not do that. Angelina Jolie is not working for Nike. <laughs> and evidently, other people thought so, too, and they yeah. are and Nike's a tad upset. I don't blame them. You know what? Honestly, um, if you want to be creative, seriously creative, I mean... First of all, there's no reason to but fuck with But they had no Nike. problem with the company customized and made the Jesus shoe. No, they actually, they did. They, the point is, is that you need to be creative and design your own shoe. You can't have it both ways, the guys who designed the shoe. You well, can't. But you know, the, the customization of, of big brand sneakers is a big business that's been around a long time. You know, your son works in, in shoes. That's a big business, and customization has been around. The problem for me was, I'm like, okay, if you're going to play with the devil thing and stuff, you kept their swoosh and everything so intact that it looks like a well, Nike shoe. No, customization is not appropriation. They took – you can put whatever. People customize shoes all the time. There's boxing right. shoes. There's everything. Right. You can't have it both ways. You can't claim that it's an independent creative project and literally take everything that is trademarked Nike <laughs> and then go, oh, really? You thought it was a Nike shoe? How could you – Really? Because there's a swoosh and it says Nike and it's our patented air mat, a patented thing. That is a patent, the air mat. So far be it for me to defend right. multinational corporations, but I kind of, it's like taking a, an Oreo cookie and calling it an Oreo cookie and then in, you can't do that. You either, you either go totally independent. You right. can't do that. You just can't. And no, I, I don't say, blame Nike. I, I don't blame Nike for being pissed at all. I thought it was a Nike shoe. And Me I too. Me too. Me too. I was like, this is, yeah. Yeah. Landed for Satan in a yeah. limited edition of 666 yeah. with yeah. a drop of human. Like, what the yeah. fuck is going I really yeah. thought they had lost their mind. Me too. Like, I was it, like, well, okay, now we've done something that even I'm like, ooh. And y'all, I am not, I'm not one of those people. I'm like, you like it? I love yeah. it. Do whatever the fuck you want. I, I but literally. That to me seemed like some other level shit. No, that was just some other level shit. And, and honestly, had I been talking to my son during the two days, and that's a whole nother story, I would have been, what the fuck is going on over there? Yeah, so, um, like I'm my friends on... know, like, I don't fuck with tarot. I'm like, don't, uh, don't come in here with a tarot card. Don't really? No. Oh, I love the tarot. No. Oh, oh, I love the tarot. You know that I have an I Ching symbol tattooed on my side. I have an well, I Ching symbol. Well, no, well, I love that stuff. Well, I live, no, I love that stuff. You're Another no time. longer. We're doing this show remotely forever now. That's no, it. no, no. I'm not reading. <laughs> Listen, I'm not reading the tarot cards, but back uh, in the day, Candace uh, and I, whenever we travel, she would, because uh, she reads tarot really well. Yeah. And I've had tarot. I, I'm open and I Ching readings and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't consider that witchy poo. I consider that guidance. Mm -hmm. 
I don't do it much anymore, but I do. I I um I, I have no problem with that at all, at all, at all, because I've had some readings that are like holy moly. That's why I have the I Ching symbol. I'm not like an NBA player. I actually researched it. It doesn't say beef with broccoli on my side. I know what it means. I actually have the symbol for moderation on my uh, hip. Mm-hmm. Because whenever we throw the I Ching, I would always get moderation, yeah. and yeah. I obviously was not practicing moderation. So, but anyway, all right. Anyway, Little Nas X not so hot with the shoe. But, I mean, we'll see. It's going to be interesting to see with Nike with these lawsuits if it works or not. I think they're going to win. I think it's a well, copyright. We'll, well, well, well. The thing is, the resale market—they bought the shoes and they do their resale thing, and that's a big market. Winning yeah. for that has it has implications for a whole bunch of other shit. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, yeah. you don't have a problem with this one, so it could be like, is it is it because Nike is getting pressure from the evangelicals and religious organizations who are not believing that they didn't have anything to do with the shoe? I mean, you know. Listen, if you and I, if you and I, and then we'll, we'll move, if you and I, who are intelligent, cultural, well-read, mm. open-minded people, if our first instinct was like, what the what? Uh, yeah, <laughs> this is a bridge too far, only because do the shoe, do a yeah. fucking Satan shoe, do an entire Satan mm. line. Yeah. I don't care, but you can't appropriate somebody's. Yeah, I feel like if you were going to do a Satan shoe with some Nike stuff, you had to change that swoop and do something. Yeah, and this is not. You made it too. It literally looked like, like yeah, a this... new Nike blood, human blood. Yeah, this is era. not a Dapper Don, a Dapper Dan Gucci <laughs> thing. This is very, very different. And ugh, whatever. You know what I, I love with the new young kids? And then we can change the subject. Where it's just like they don't feel like like other people. They, they want to create their art. But when they want something that's part of other people's art, because it's been a couple of things lately. It's like dog face feeling like, you know, he's mad that Stevie Nicks is blocking him from being able to. Was it an NFT? He's trying to create an NFT for, you know... The 15 second, uh, uh, Ocean Spray skating video and she's blocking for the music and it's like, she didn't even thank me and all this. It's like, listen, listen, she's Stevie and she's a legend. You need to thank her. You were living in a trailer. Now you have a home and you have people, as you like to say, because of that song. But she did not need you to make Dreams famous. Dreams was always famous. Great well, return to the chart. But, it's yeah. always one of those songs that is always being played someplace. But these, this, this thing where you feel like you can just own someone else's art because it's part of your art. It's like you can't just say, well, I customized your sneaker, but I didn't change it enough. And, but it's my right to do it. It's like you can't just take somebody else's shit and be like, I own this piece. Well, there's no, yeah. I mean, that's something maybe we should discuss on a whole but what I was going to say is that because because of the internet and because of the whole idea of ownership it's wide open it's the same reason why students don't understand that plagiarism is not copy copy and pasting is plagiarism there's a whole different sense of ownership now so it's so weird it's like, no, like it's, okay great you great you got a lot of money off of, of dreams of her work be happy. Well, that's a whole stupid thing, anyway. It's I mean, so, but 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 that but it's a mentality. No, that, that's what I'm. It's, that's it's a mentality. That's what I'm saying. There's a, a self-absorbed selfishness in some of the generation who thinks just because I want it, I can have it. No, no. But I, I really, um, yeah. I mean, we could go. You can have it. You just have to pay for it. 
You can have it. <laughs> you can have whatever you want. It's like hip hop. You, you you do have to pay for it. You know, you have you can have it. It's yours, but don't be a dick. You know, right? Don't be a dick. That's our motto. Don't be a dick. All right. right. Speaking of uh, someone who, uh, go. Yeah. Hold on. Did you uh so transitioning to? Did you watch Genius Aretha Franklin? No, I did not. I could make it through 10 minutes before I started getting a headache, and I need okay. to watch it. No, I honestly, the first 10 minutes, I was like, and I'm not saying, because obviously I want to watch it, the but I'm like. The shade of you is no, so No, 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 terrible. it's not shade. It's not shade. It's not shade at all. Oh. It's, it, it's an honest opinion formed uh -huh. on years of intelligence and critical analysis. I watched it, and I was like, what's going on in this first 10 minutes? It felt chaotic. It felt amateurish, and I do right. want to see it because um it has gotten a lot of press it is not lifetime it's national geographic for fuck's right. sake it's legitimate right. um i do want to see it i've read really you know the reviews i've read have been cynthia erico is brilliant but the story is ridiculous and yeah, the family absolutely. and the family did not give its approval which is a good thing and a bad thing family no, says but we know thing, I could, but see the family they did speak to people in their in their life of national geographic the family didn't give their approval because the family is you know they sanctioned the movie so the, they didn't want anything competing with the, Je movie. the jennifer holiday jennifer hudson hudson right and oh. let just be real aretha franklin we love aretha and as a legend but aretha definitely like to frame her life a certain oh, way yeah. and her oh, life yeah. wasn't a truth. So the family's trying to be like, no, 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 because that's not the version of the story that they well, want to tell. Remember well, when David Ritz wrote that the, book, her, right? Her, she shut her, it down. First, well, first, first wrote the version with, he was writing with her and they put it out, but she took out all of the real stuff and this right. made some other version that he hated. And then 10 years later, he put out, he finished speaking to her family, put out the book with the interviews he did with her and then the family stuff, and she never spoke to him again But because she didn't want that yeah. truth out there. Now, I, did I love the story at times? No. I feel like it got better as it went on, absolutely. Okay. Um, but I thought the performance was great. I thought Cynthia Revo was great. I, thought I think Dave, she's great. I thought David Cross was was great you know the performance. oh he played Ahmed Erdogan yeah and the, the performances were great you know? somebody said he somebody said that he didn't have the right ears literally and, for physical ears for Ahmed Erdogan the guy who played Clive Davis fucking sounded just like Clive Davis it was really eerie how he had his voice oh okay you yeah, know. I mean, Aretha, as is her want, was always litigious and always wanted to paint a very yeah. different picture. Uh -huh. And, you know, to be very, to be fair, or to take, uh, no pun intended, devil's advocate, it's her right. It's her life. If she Absolutely. doesn't, if she doesn't want to make it public knowledge that there may or may not have been sexual abuse in I the know, family, right. yeah, sure. yeah, she doesn't have to. We, we can yeah. still appreciate her without knowing private information, which is a beautiful yeah. segue into the team. Well, well, hold on. I just want to oh, say one thing. Yeah, yeah. What I, what I, this is, if people haven't seen it and you watch it on demand, what, why I recommend it. It's is, on Hulu. It's on Hulu. It, uh, why I recommend it is most of the time when you talk about Aretha Franklin, people, and they do anything Aretha, they play the same songs from the same period. And right. because there was a movie being made at the same time, the movie, you know, and it was the family, they took all of the songs you would expect them to take. 
so that the music and the songs that they used in this selection and the albums and the things that they talked about is a lot of the music that you that they don't really play and talk about with Aretha that, you know, some were hit, some weren't. But it's a really good musical selection that they picked. So for okay. that alone, I yeah. think people should watch it just so you'll maybe go into some of those albums that weren't hit and find those gems. The Columbia, the the Columbia years. Well, so not even the Columbia years, the, the Atlantic years, because they go into you. They they talk about, you know, Sparkle. Sparkle was a hit, but nobody ever talks about Sparkle in any of right. They go into Amazing Grace. And right. they even went into Jump to It and Get It Right and Arista. All of the stuff that whenever they do a read, you know, it's always when they go later, they go to Freeway of Love and Jimmy Lee, and early it's always respect and do right, right. woman and all of that. Blah, blah, blah. Now, Tina. Uh, all right, I have to give a full disclaimer. Uh huh. Okay, I have always, obviously, I think Tina Turner is a monumental singer and a monumental presence, and um, I, I nominated her for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I will. I am voting for her for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for several reasons. Um, but I've never been like a knee-jerk Tina Turner fan. I've always been. Um, I thought some of her, the stuff that's the hits, the bigger hits, are kind of like arena rock. And if it wasn't her, they would be like, eh, songs. Um, not all of them, but I, I don't. But uh, this is a beautifully done documentary, and. Um, What's what to me, what's really quite, well, there's several things that are moving about it. I mean, first off, we see her. We're seeing this coming out of her mouth. And, and, and she is sort of a swan song, this. But it's also, we all know this story, and yet somehow they found a way to tell it that um, seemed different um, or seemed very honest. And, and there's a lot of things to discuss as to why we keep having to tell the fucking Ike story as her story. But I thought it was beautifully done. It didn't feel like it was bought and paid by the record company or the family, which is good because the family was involved. How Oprah managed, manages to insinuate herself into everything is beyond my comprehension. Ms. But Thing, I, I mean, thought about you. I thought about that scene. Thing, I thought about that scene. I, saw, Thing, I saw her this morning. She was standing inside the deli counter next to the egg salad, inserting herself. No, That's how I, much that she inserts herself into you. everything. I swear to God, Courtney, I thought of you in that scene in the in the documentary where the mm -hmm. where the Broadway play opens up uh -huh. and. Aretha's, uh, Aretha, sorry, Tina's walking down the aisle, uh, walking down the aisle of the theater with her husband, and Oprah's holding up her other arm. I'm like, what the mm -hmm. fuck are you doing here? Are you the daughter she never knew she had? Go away, I Oprah. Mean, I mean, right. <laughs> right. Right. So I thought, but I think it's a beautiful, I think it's beautifully done. I was welling up at the end. I think it's beautifully no, done. No, let me just tell you something. You smile. Yeah. And you cry in this Tina dot. There's so much she didn't say. Right? Yeah. And there's so much that we still don't know, which I love, like you said, very, very private. You know, there's always been all these rumors about her health. No mention. You know, her son committed suicide a couple of years ago. No mention. But her talk, the, the thing about the Ike part that really made sense this time was she was really telling the story like her complete life. She was giving her fans. This was like, like her husband said, the play in this documentary is it. That's it. It's, it's the closure. That's it. That's it. And, and that's uh, all and that's all we should want from her. And 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 first of all, it was just it was just beautiful. First of all, 
the pictures of her really young. Oh, God. And oh we my had God. never seen her that young that way. I know, but I know. But the one that got me that I love, the picture I love the most, is the picture when we finally see her without her wig. Yeah, yeah, right? And she looked so beautiful, and the hair was just there, and you were like, oh, my God, Dipita. No, she's beautiful. And I will say, uh, Beyonce should be getting down on her hands and knees and thanking God or whoever that Tina big, Turner came but, but she's a very big Tina Turner fan and has a lot of reverence for Tina Turner. Yeah, she but she absolutely has. absolutely has a lot of reverence for Tina No, I know. But Tina Turner is just, like I said, has Listen, never been. It's a, not even just Beyonce. Everybody. Because Tina Turner was. Listen, until the day she retired, yeah. Tina Turner was filling arenas in the U.S. and stadiums everywhere else in the world. Until the day where she gave the kids that one last tour. She was like, I'm doing it one last time. So if you haven't seen me, come see me. First of all, I, my mom and dad have been taking me to concerts since I was little. The first concert I absolutely remember was the private Tina Turner private dancer tour. Oh, wow, cool. Me and yeah. my mother and my, at Madison Square Garden, and it was amazing. And I've seen Tina several times, and she's just, it's just, it's just like, it's so transformative, the Tina Turner concert. She's so amazing. Those songs, you just dance, you come out of there sweaty, and she's just giving, like, just rock goddess. Tina Turner, to me, is somebody who my mother loved, and that passed down to me in generations. All my friends in Europe worship the ground she walks on. And, you know, I just love her catalog, and I, and I you know, I just love her. I just, yeah. I just love I, her. I, I, I mean, can't even it, think of anything else to say other than how much I yeah, absolutely I, love I, Tina Turner. And I, I, like I said, I, I think she's an amazing singer, and I, it pains me in some ways to say that I did like her material when she was with Ike, and I'm not, I don't, well, you listen, know. She didn't shy away from having those good songs. She just well, didn't want to, you know, she was in an abusive marriage, but no. they had great songs. when They, they had great songs, but I thought that, you know, the, the, I just think that yeah, it's a really great documentary. It frames it in in an interesting way. It does it it you know without going too deep into it. It does yeah. make us question why women are constantly tied to their abusers. You know, she's like, I don't want to talk about. It. I don't want to talk about. It. Oh, let's talk about. It. I don't want to talk about. It. I don't want to talk about. It. She needed a Beyonce or Madonna level publicist who would just shut that shit down immediately. But that's one of the reasons why I think she will definitely get into the Rock and Hall of Fame, not mm. because. I mean, obviously, the body of work is, is unparalleled, but because I think there needs to be a recognition that this is a woman who stood on her own and was a bigger star yeah. without Ike Turner, who also had a genius, who I saw perform, and it was amazing, yeah. Yeah. you know, who also got screwed. And I'm kind of glad I'm not justifying his behavior at all, believe me. I was glad that he won his Grammy. Listen, all of the years later, and she, what does she talk about? Forgiveness. Well, and but I'm glad that they also, and I'm not forgiving anything that he mm -hmm. did justify. But I am glad that there was a mention made of the racism and the and the what happened to him that his that mm -hmm. he never got credit. He invented rock and roll. He invented rock and roll. He is widely credited as the guy who invented it. So, but it's a great documentary. It's on HBO, right? That's where it is. Yes, yeah, HBO Max. Yeah. Whatever, whatever. So get your friends to give you their password. Um. Let's, you want to talk a little bit, so when we saw this, it kind of brought up that whole 
kind of uh, the whole genre of the biopic and the documentary and stuff. So uh, we were kind of, because we're both fans of both, and yeah, they're kind of yeah, different. Exactly. So you want to start, and then I'll we'll go back and forth. You kind of name a, a biopic or a doc that you really dig. and. Um, well, the, the first one that I really, really dig is from 1984, and it's called Yoko Ono Now and Then. You're kidding, and, right? No, I'm not kidding. Oh, and, okay. and it is—it's a documentary. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be mean, but you no, know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a personal narrative story, and it has a lot of the songs of her and John Lennon, and like you know, I love uh, walking on thin ice, and this is kind of a period of her life during that time and making music and just that whole period. And it's a really interesting look at her. I think her of her as a you know, I like Yoko and I think that she's a weird sort of abstract artist and I'm into her weirdness. I, I like her songs. I know she can't sing. It's an acquired taste. But I like people who do interesting shit and have something to say. And this was just an interesting look into that kind of a person that I find interesting. Okay. You know? Um, yeah. I, yeah. Okay. So I had a whole, let me start, um, all right, so uh, one I twenty uh, four hour party people, which came out in two thousand and two. So it is a, it's not a biopic because there's a lot of sort of embellishment. Um, it's not a documentary. It's sort of somewhere in between. It was directed by Michael Wintenberg, who did all the trip movies. He's a really interesting, weird director, and it's about basically Tony Wilson and the creation of Factory Records and the Hacienda, which in the early 90s was the biggest music company. It's, it's Joy Division, New Order, Happy Mondays, Inspiral Carpets, um, you know, down the line, down the line, just great music. It's about the birth of punk rock and this birth of this scene that made Manchester, which was a very uncool city, cool. And because of this scene, you, you'd end up getting, you know, Oasis, you end up getting, um, Primal Scream, all these great bands. Anyway, it stars, um, so there are some of the real people in it, um, but it's basically somewhat fictionalized, and it stars Steve Coogan, who I love in a very twisted, weird way, because he's a twisted, weird guy, but he's very funny, and it's very reverent towards the music, so, and when it came out, I saw it in the movie theater, and I was the mm. only person in the movie <laughs> It was the last show on the last day at the Brooklyn Academy of Music, and I'm like, Wow, I have never been the only person in a the movie theater. I was the only person in the movie theater when I went to see Glitter. Well, that, it, it makes sense. Well, no, because well, no, remember, Glitter opened the Friday after 9-11. Oh, yeah. And I was so scared and freaked out about everything. I was like, let me just go to the movies, maybe to help. And I spent the entire time seeing the movie theater thinking, is it going to blow up? That was really yeah. crazy. But then I was watching what was happening on the screen, and I was like, I don't know what's worse. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, so twenty and twenty four hour party people has a great soundtrack. Mm -hmm. A great, it has sound a great and, soundtrack. Yeah. And I actually saw Happy Mondays perform in Wolverhampton, England, opening mm -hmm. up for Stereo MCs. And when you tell mm -hmm. British people that you were in Wolverhampton, they look at you and go, "Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why were you in Wolverhampton? Because Stereo MCs were playing there, and I was doing a story on Stereo MCs. Mm -hmm. And Happy Mondays were." Bless their hearts, still high as a kite. Yeah. All right, next. 
Oh, Terrium Seas. We'll have to. That's an undersung uh, band, but that's a yeah, whole yeah. other. Yeah, that's a whole other, other show. Yeah, yeah. All right. What's your next one? Well, my next one. First of all, I just have to shout out to the OG, my favorite, which is Truth or Dare. Truth or Dare to me, the OG. That's my favorite. Shout out Truth or Dare. Uh, my next one is Bloodlight and Bammy. It is the Grace Jones documentary by Sophie Fine, and it came out in 2017. And what I love about a Grace Jones doc is you try to figure, what would the approach be to that? How would you tell her story? Well, it's Cinema Verte style. So there is no story. It's filmed over the course of, I believe, 10 years. They filmed footage she shot and into cut with a Grace Jones concert. But it's just how she lives. You know what I mean? And it's insightful because... When I think of Grace Jones, I really just think of her as this woman, and I love her, and I love her music. But I think there's all these myths about her, like she's this alien, or she's this creature, or she's this man-eater. And what you just see is this woman who lives her life. She loves her kids. She loves her grandkids. She loves her mom. Going back home to Jamaica and being real simple life, and then, you know, being in Paris and being in her hotel, and she's very Grace Jones, eating shucking oysters, drinking champagne, topless with just panties on in a fur coat, you know, in like this fabulous suite. And you're just like, it's just insight. I love a story that's that's not really a story. It's just like an insight into someone's life. And to me, that is a great way to do a great show. Like for most people, it might not be enough action for you because it's not like there's no a million high points be like, then this happened, you know, but it is, to me, if you love Grace Jones, you absolutely should watch it because it's just great insight to this woman and watching her in the recording studio and just seeing her as the person that she is. Um, I'm going to double up if it's okay with you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to first mention, and it's an obvious choice, but um, Amy, um, uh, still one of the... One you know, of I have the, not I, seen that. Oh, I was a consultant on that, Courtney. You were? Yes, honestly, I was. Oh, now I'm definitely going to watch it. Yeah, I'm in the director's cut. They don't show anybody's face. No, no, no. They don't yeah. show anybody's faces. No, but I uh, want to see your name in the credits. You know, I like yeah, seeing I my friends' I, names in the credits. I, get I believe I am. I'm not. But the point is, is that I was interviewed for it because I uh-huh. had done a lot of I, – I, I saw her first American concert, and then I interviewed her. She didn't do a lot of interviews because she didn't live very long. Um, right. uh, that movie, um, I saw – and the guy who did the uh, movie and whose name I'm going to say is a great documentary maker because what he does is he doesn't put the famous people in it. You hear their voices. They're telling the story. Um, anyway, it's a gore. I mean, even we know how it ends and you're still in tears. It makes an amazing case for her as an artist, not as a right. train wreck, not as a wreck. And when it won the Oscar, I was like, I'm Oscar adjacent. So yeah. I, I love that movie. And the other movie I'm going to mention is called uh, – Beside Bowie, and it came out in 2017, and it's a documentary about Mick Ronson, mm-hmm. who I always thought Mark Ronson was his child and was deeply disappointed when I found out he wasn't. Um, no diss to Mark Ronson, but I was like, oh, my God, Mick Ronson. Like, it would have made you so much more interesting. <laughs> yeah, it really was. So I like Mark Ronson a lot as a person and a, yeah. and a producer. Uh, Mick Ronson was, I mean, he first came to fame as the guitarist in the Spiders from Mars. Very, you know, looked like a rock star. I mean, mm-hmm. really good looking with that incredible hair and stuff like that. But he was so much more than that. Um, he 
is never given full credit for producing um, Lou Reed's Transformer. He really did the majority of the work on that. He did right. a lot of the stuff uncredited. David Bowie obviously is a great performer, but Mick Ronson on the low did a lot of the stuff that Bowie has given credit for, um, including the spiders from Mars. A lot of that was Mick Ronson. So it's a really great documentary. It's a look at someone who is very much appreciated and undersung, you know, available on Amazon, I believe. And I, I'm someone who knows a lot about music and I was like, wow, I didn't know this. I didn't know that. So it's a, it's a really great documentary. He also was uh, very instrumental in Mop the Hoople's comeback. So, uh, uh, beside Bowie, um, Okay, next, you. Uh, I'm going to have to give a special shout-out to Sign of the Times, even though that's really more of a concert film. It's just fucking just... I'm not a concert film person, really, but I loved Sign of the Times. can watch that 20 million times. Uh, This one is going to come... It's a small screen number. It's Ken Burns Country. I thought Ken Burns series on country music was phenomenal. I've heard that's like his best one. It I have to watch it. Yeah. Phen- First of all, I grew up on country music. My mom was from North Carolina. In the car, in her car, in my dad's car, it was BLS, we could KT the stuff. In my mom's car, country music only. And so I just grew up with all of these artists. So it just took me to a place and there was so much I didn't know and it's it's just excellent. If you haven't seen it, it, you just, even if you don't love country music, if you're a person who knows nothing about country music, right. it is done so well yeah, I heard that it's you great. will really get into it and you will just keep going from spot to spot in the spot and find a new appreciation and might even find some new artists to listen to that you didn't even know because it's really, really done well. And to me, it is its best. It's absolutely right. its best. No, I've heard it's great. Um, I'm going to double up again, just in terms of expediency. So um, I know you have a, an allergic reaction to this woman, but I have to say that this is a great movie, El Cantante, which came out in 2006, mm. which is a, it's a great movie, Courtney, and she's really good in it. I got to give her that. So this is Jennifer Lopez and Mark Anthony, who, in my opinion, has one of the great voices ever of any genre. To me, there are like five singers that dominate their field. He is one of them. It is a biopic about the late Hector Laveau, who was a hugely influential salsa singer um, who died of AIDS very early on in the AIDS um, crisis. He was a, a heroin addict. Um, it's a great, it's very well done. It's told through the perspective of his wife, who is played by Jennifer Lopez. It's sort of shot in a cinema verite style. It's just really good. It's also, you kind of get the history of South Soul Orchestra. You get a real primer course on the New York City salsa scene, which is where salsa was kind of invented, which was New York City, the New Yorican, the conflict between being a New York Puerto Rican and being a Port, uh, Puerto Rican born in Port, uh, Puerto Rico. Mark Anthony is fantastic in it. I mean, he embodies the the pain. And, of course, he's just a, a gorgeous, gorgeous singer. Um and the other one I'm going to mention is uh, New York Doll, which came out in 2005, which is a, uh, a documentary about Arthur Killer Kane, who was the bass player in the New York Dolls, who mm-hmm. died quite young. Um, 
and became a Mormon in his How many of them life. are alive still? David, just David Johansson. He's the only one. Yeah, they was, Sylvain died a few months ago. They've all, they've all uh, passed away. Johnny Thunders died in, um, uh, when did Johnny die? Early aughts, I believe. Uh, Billy Mercia, the original drummer, Jerry Nolan, died a few years ago. Um, so Arthur Killer Kane, it's called New York Doll. And what's fascinating about it, to me, what makes a really interesting documentary, if you can take a topic that's not well known or, or, you know, and make it like you learn something. And this is sort of framed around um, Morrissey, who, you know, is a disgusting human being, obviously. But Morrissey, who's a huge New York Dolls fan, bringing the dolls back together, uh, re reuniting them for a festival in England. But it's, it's and having to convince Arthur Killer Kane to be part of the reunion. At this point, Arthur had become a devout Mormon and given up his previous lifestyle. And what's also cool about this movie, it was made on a budget of like $4. And so the director manages, to, he uses all these really um, cost-efficient methods, like instead of showing flashbacks and stuff because he can't do it, he literally uses a timeline, and he writes out a timeline to say what it is. So that's a really, really... Um, a really, really cool movie. Uh, so it's, uh, and a very illuminating, um, about a man's transformation. Um, yeah, so it's called New York Doll, again, available on Amazon, New, uh, Netflix. What else you got? I really love, I was there when house music took over the world. And it's a documentary that was produced for Channel 4 in London, and I believe you can see it on YouTube. And it's just talking about the start of house music and, and all of the, the, the DJs and the producers in New York versus Chicago and the whole What's it called? Scene. I was there when house music. Oh, I thought you were saying I thought you were saying I was there, Courtney <laughs> no. Anderson, when house because you know Courtney. You know, you do like to toot your own horn a little bit. Well, so I was like well, listen, I was the one I was the one who said, you know what? Not really nice garage. Why do you call it? Paradise Garage. You know what? I, listen, <laughs> I just happen to be around for some pivotal shit. I understand. I ask you to tell you my, my story one day about the Nas video. Like, right. I've got, I have so many things. So many yeah. things have happened. One day, one day I'm going to write a musical about my life and just sing it all. Oh, <laughs> bless your heart. All right. In so that French. sounds cool. That sounds cool. Um, I'm going to wrap it up with, were you done with that? I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. All right. I'm going to wrap up with two ones. Um, an obvious one, but one I love, Sid and Nancy by Alex Cox. Uh, Gary Oldham's probably his first big breakthrough role. Uh, Chloe Webb played Nancy Spungen. Um, it, it, it's just so fucking dead on. It's just so dead on. Mm. It, again, it sums up uh, a moment in time in music, a moment in time in New York. Um, the performances are just absolutely gorgeous. Uh, he, they're both great, but Gary Oldham is just like uh, embodies, again, embodies Sid. And this is, Again, super obvious, but I can't forget it. Amazing Grace, the 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 concert film, yeah, uh, by Aretha Franklin, which talking about Aretha's litigious, controlling ways, she never wanted release for some well, reason. Because you know. the way it was shot, yeah, the audio never right was could sync right, and right. she just would not. She just the audio wouldn't sync right. And after she died, you know, with all of the new technology. They, they were could fix able it to up. do some sort of digital process 
But they finally got the audience right. to think, and that is why the family approved yeah. it finally to come out. Oh, we got to show. We got. I got. I got to. Wait. Can I just finish? Can I just finish real quick mm -hmm. about this? It was directed by Sidney Pollack. It was one of his first directs. And basically, Amazing Grace is the making of the Amazing Grace album. Her her explosive gospel record, and it's set in a small church in uh, James Cleveland's church in L.A. And one of the great. And she just sings. And one of the great scenes is when Mick Jagger and and. Uh, Charlie Watts just walk into the audience. Nobody even knows who the fuck they are and just sit there and watch her. So great movie. I'm and sorry. I got to throw a bone out to Coal Miner's daughter. Oh, please. More Let than a bone. Let me tell you something. <laughs> when you talk about a job, like, listen, if you're going to do a docudrama movie or biopic, biography, yeah. biopic yeah. of someone's life, I mean, and then you have Sissy Spacek who decides I'm going to sing the songs and she sounds amazing and Beverly D'Angelo is singing the Patsy Cline songs and she sounds amazing. It's like, well, all right. Yeah. <laughs> well, all and, right. And Levon and it, Helm. Yeah. Oh, so good. Everything. So, so good. good. So it's good. It's so good. Classic. And it's, yeah, it really is. I mean, it was, it, it was like it does, it pays complete homage. It has people who are believable in that you can sit there really? and go, yeah, I can see Tommy that. Lee Jones is Fantastic. Due. Is and, great. And I have a thing for, I mean, Levon Helm is one of the class acts ever. Um, so yeah, he yeah. plays her dad. It's a fantastic movie. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one to go out on. All right. Yeah. Is there anything else that, uh, anything well, else know, there mentioned? Well, you know, right. You know how we do. First of all, can I just say, I don't know why I woke up feeling like a Lilith Fair lesbian this morning. Ew. <laughs> I have already, I've already yeah. this morning played Suzanne Vega. <laughs> Joni Mitchell. <laughs> well, all right. Neither one of those are lesbians are in Lil' Affair. No, so but... It, I want to hear you play stuff from Olivia Records. Then we'll know you've gone over the deep end. What's Olivia Records? Ah, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> ah, ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha, ha. Courtney. Google but, it. But that sounds like a lesbian record. It is. Because it's always something like, why is always something like Olivia? No. You need to all my black, To all my black gay friends, how come we always, all of our lesbian friends are named Cheryl? All right, listen. Google Olivia Records. Olivia and Records Olivia was, was a huge woman, uh, women with a Y, uh -huh. own uh -huh. uh, <laughs> label in San Francisco. Hugely, actually, uh -huh. hugely influential. But right. Google, Google like, it. Actually, it sounds familiar now that you're not. Come back, Holly Near. Come back to me. Come back to me. We'll talk lesbian then. That is like. <laughs> That re that label was so lesbianic that you, Courtney, would start sleeping with women after okay. but <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I have slept with a woman before, so that's not some, you know, oh! foreign situation, lady. I'm not having that discussion <laughs> with you right now. I, 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 I haven't eaten enough today to have that visual or that discussion. I Listen, don't need, I was I don't in college to, like everybody else. Yeah, I, I experimented things. in college. Yeah, I, I didn't go to college until 10 years ago, so I don't have that excuse. All right. You want to wrap it up? Wrap it up? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's it? Uh, wh who are we? Who yeah. are we? Why are we? <laughs> Why are we? We are. This is show 41, kids. We are 41 years old. We're in our 40s. We're in our 40s. Yeah. So, you know, if you like what you hear, and we know that you do, Follow us on Facebook at I'm going to let you finish all one word, on Twitter at Finish Irma, on IG at I'm going to let you finish NY. And, you know, you're listening to us, so you follow us on Stitcher or Apple or 
Spotify. Remember, leave a review, rate the show, review us, rate us, leave reviews, rate us. Tell your friends, follow Listening Party Presents on IG, and we'll see you next week for some more fuckery that's unnecessary in your life, or for some reason you want it. Happy Happy Holy Week. Happy Holy Week to everybody. Happy Passover, Happy Easter, Happy... um, that's it. I think we're done. I think, <laughs> okay. I think that's all. Holy H O L I was already this week. We oh yeah, that, that was yes. Okay, cool. we missed that, but yeah. Goodbye. Bye. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.